This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. live on joy 94.9 saturday afternoon from noon via the live stream at joy.org.au forward slash listen live or tune your wireless in melbourne to 94.9 fm Afternoon, this is Techno Gaze here on Joy 94.9, the show where we gaze into the world of consumer consumer electronics, <laughs> gadgets, and technology. My name is Mark. Hello there. <laughs> Hello, Mark. <laughs> Hello, Michael. Hello. Uh, that, of course, is Michael with me in the studio today. We're um, here to talk tech. Thanks, of course, to Matt just now for the, uh, the latest in uh, Joy news. And, of course, to the SatMag team for their ever-insightful look at the issues of the day. Getting everybody ready for the start of the day, they were. Hmm. Yes. Beautiful weather out there, too. Today. It is lovely. For a, if you're not from um, Melbourne, we're, we're looking at a top of 32 degrees Celsius today, which is quite exciting. And Joy Clock is saying to us, all is well. Thank you, Joy Clock. Joy Clock is correct. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you can follow Joy Clock if you wish to. Joy nine four nine Clock, I think, is the, uh, the the Twitter account. If you're uh, and, and does into, Joy, if you're into that sort of thing, does Joy Clock uh, tweet greetings like that? You know, uh, reassurances. Every now and then, uh, they. I'm not going to use a gender specific pronoun. I am going to call it they. Uh, they are quite um, prolific. Is yes, hmm. I guess is a good word. <laughs> now. That's, uh, yes. <laughs> it is kind of our overlords here at Joy, is, is, is Joy Clock, because it's everywhere, right? Joy even, Clock is omnipresent. Even in the toilet. Even in the bathrooms, yes, that's right. <laughs> Can't escape Joy Clock. Now, uh, as we pay homage to our overlord, we should actually talk about what we're here to talk about today, and that is technology. Uh, today's show, we'll kick off with a bit of a chat about the Pirate Bay. Yeah, and uh, ever popular, and some developments that will make some people happy and some people very sad. Hmm. Um, of course, the Pirate Bay is a very popular uh, Torrance site. Um, very well known. Hmm. Indeed. Uh, Malcolm Turnbull is redefining what filtering means. Hmm. That should be fun when we have a look at this. I, I feel dizzy from all the spinning that's been going on all week. Spin? On this one. Political spin? Are you <laughs> suggesting there's spin? The entire... Anyway, we're, we're not going to get government ranty yet. Uh, Wi-Fi will be everywhere, but do we want to use it? Now, I think this is this is in relation to a particular telco that's um, put up a whole bunch of Wi-Fi hotspots all around the place. That's right. Um, so, uh, yes, it's um, exciting news for free Wi-Fi everywhere. It's exciting opportunities for customers, but with little bewares. Mm. Now, if you're, of course, a, an Apple or a Google fan boy or girl or um, fan person... That's probably a better way to put it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, we've got you covered as well. <laughs> we're not. We, we're going to do equal rants, are we? Yes. Yeah, so we tried to. We tried to give it an equal standing to to both major companies. Google, uh, their greater understanding of the transgender community has come out this this week, um, offering new ways to identify yourself or your your gender. Um, Apple's antitrust trial is is continuing. The this, of course, is an antitrust trial against their iTunes service and iPod. And this uh, has been going on for a while, hasn't it? Almost a decade, actually. Wow. <laughs> um, they're calling upon the dead to uh, respond to certain things. So that's got, that'll be interesting later on. Google wants um, to spoon feed you as well. Is another. That's the headline. I'm not actually sure what that means. So <laughs> I should I should have this. Google wants to spoon you. <laughs> it's like what? what? That happened this morning, but it wasn't Google. I think anyway. Uh, oh. and 
Oh, bless. That, the, the, the drum beat has ended, so it is time to move on. Um, <laughs> if you'd like to contact us while we're in the studio here, you can do so by texting us 0427JOY949. That's 0427-569-949. You can email us on air at joy.org.au. Um, and you can... Yes. Call us. Call us. I think Mushin is on the front Mushin desk. Mushin is there waiting to Huzzah. take a call. Mushin is back. He is. I love the fact that we have very dedicated volunteers on the front desk and um, Mushin has always been, been with us for, for quite some time. Very appreciative. That's right. And if you like talking to a, a human being on the other end rather than to a message, then mm. Mushin is your, your human yeah. being. Yes. Hmm. Uh, and what else? There's, there's other ways to contact us. If you're listening to the podcast at all, you can contact us during the week at Technogaze on the Twitters. T-E-C-H-N-O-G-A-Z-E. And there's always our Facebook page. Yep, yep. We're for Technogaze, join 94.9. We're all, the, all over the Facebooks. Indeed. Now, the Pirate Bay. Armiades. Yes. Now, the Pirate Bay has gone offline uh, after a police raid of their server room. They were turned off. Mm. So the Swedish police have raided uh, the Pirate Bay's uh, data centre on just Tuesday during the week. Uh, And since then, the site has gone down and uh, several servers have been seized. Yeah, as part of a copyright raid. Mm. Now, the authorities have been, you know, trying to get Pirate Bay for a long time. And from time to time, Pirate Bay has moved servers and everything else. But uh, they found the secret bunker location. Hmm. And other, other popular sites, including EZTV and Zoink and Torage, I think is how you say it, um, also went down at the same time. So it must have been a bit of a haven, that data center for, for such Probably sites. collecting like-minded um, services. Mm. Mm. And of course, there's now speculation as to whether whether these services will, will return. Well, I think... Each of the uh, original Pirate Bay founders are now in jail or have or served a prison term. And, and one of them I, I, I read somewhere saying that he's sort of not sad that it's done because he thinks the whole public's fairly apathetic about the whole, you know, copyright issue and access mm. and everything else. Yeah, the, the comments were along the lines of... Um, so this was a, 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 one of the co-founders of the Pirate Bay. He actually said the site has become a bit, um, a bit unwieldy. Uh, the design of the site hadn't changed in the past... Um, however long, I think it's a decade or so that's been around. It's a long time, um, isn't it? Which is interesting. I, it's it's a good point because, you know, it, people don't like changes to their sites. Um, the only thing that has changed on the Pirate Bay in particular that he, that he commented on was the fact of more ads. Okay. More and more ads. And the explicitness of those, ad, this explicitness of those ads. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, it's quite confronting, the, some, of the, some of the ads that you see. When you when you jump on there, um, not the not safe from work are they? Not not so, that you have much experience. Well, you know they're ads, so there there is a certain amount of safeness to them, but they're they're very suggestive. Um, and and the entire site, like it's the kind of thing that you know it it almost prompts you to click in the wrong place just so you do get they get that click impression yes. on that ad. Um, that's really annoying, I find. Um, and there's a lot of services now where. Um, you know, you don't need to worry about the sites anymore. You literally just have an app on your on your computer, which which allows you to, you know, easily browse through the torrents that are available, download them very quickly, like in a very nice, you know, iTunes like environment where you just makes go, it easy and easier. Yeah, I want this movie and no ads. Ten seconds later, yeah, and and no ads, and you know, it's almost like the torrent sites themselves have have become irrelevant. In, in fact, because there's so many of them. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, anybody else picks up the slack in terms of being the, you know, go-to place for uh, this type of content. Mm. Yes. Now, uh, speaking of which, um, Malcolm Turnbull and our, yeah, of course, he's our communications minister here in Australia, uh, along with our Attorney General, George Brandis, have been trying to prosecute a case for, um, you know, starting to restrict access to to sites that offer content that, what, that, that violate copyright material yeah yeah and uh, and so that's come out this week and they're actually they're talking about now restricting access so they they're basically saying we're going to start blocking filtering blocking filtering <laughs> blocking filtering but, but wait a minute didn't the government before the election say they're not going to filter <laughs> 
So this has been a long going, ongoing thing here in Australia, hasn't it? It's, it's like uh, I think the uh, the Labor government, the last Labor government, did propose a filter of some sorts, uh, a filter, an actual filter on our internet connectivity, um, and it was shot down. I think just prior to the 2010 election, as being you know bad. Like not not particularly popular and not particularly practical either. I think. And of course, since this latest government has come in over the past year, the the uh, both the attorney general and the the uh, communications minister has have gotten up and said, actually, we want to help the copyright owners, um, you know, uh, with their plight, and uh, <laughs> essentially um, stop or, or try to reduce uh, yes. Australia's <laughs> standing in terms of copyright. Uh, infringement because we are quite like we're one of the most highly popular populous in terms of ratio so per capita per capita um, uh, downloaders of of copyrighted materials you, you do have to sort of hark back to how we started as a nation <laughs> where our roots are <laughs> we're not just pirates we're vikings no wait we're, no we're, we're not vikings we're convicts that's, <laughs> yes, the word. that's fine. I don't think we're well some of us were vikings I guess but yeah so, um, now, of course, there's been accusations this week that, oh, you want to block access? To, isn't that just like a filter? But this is the whole comedy thing. Oh, it's a filter. No, it's not. It's a filter. No, it's not. <laughs> and, and Turnbull went on and on to saying, listen, it's not a filter. <laughs> now, uh, Scott Ludlam uh, has, of course, um, gotten up and, and, and you know... Uh, of course, he's the communications spokesperson for the Greens. Yes, he's, he's uh, right. become quite critical of of the position of the government. Um, now, to- telco industry veteran John Lindsay, I love his comment. It, it waddles <laughs> and quacks like a filter. <laughs> Even consumer group Choice have gotten on the on the bandwagon here. So, what do they what do they have to say? Oh, they were they were basically you know, you know supporting everybody else and saying this is a filter. This yeah. is what the common definition of a filter is. And as much as you want, might call it something else, at mm. the end of the day, it is still a filter. <laughs> yes. Now, um, as as yet, it is not quite known how this non-filter will actually be implemented. We suspect it won't be through the same technology as what was suggested back in 2010, but um, it it may not be. Um, particularly pleasant. It might use as a current mechanism where IP uh, blocking will but that, occur. But that's a really wide dragnet because mm-hmm. there's a very good chance you are going to have multiple servers mm-hmm. serving different content with different websites on the one IP address, and therefore if you block the IP address, you block them all. Yep. Oh, the other point that Turnbull made is that uh, there is a judicial process that's um, going to be implemented as part of this, according to what he said this week. So uh, it'll actually be... Um, uh, there'll be a, an appeals process that the website owners can use to choose yeah. to go through. But you know, if they're an international, the uh, Pirate Bay like site, they're not necessarily going to go out, go go into the courts here in Australia. So interesting, nonetheless. Yes. Now it is uh, sixteen minutes past midday here on Joy ninety four point nine. We're covering some of the latest in technology news here on Technogaze. We'll be back with more in a few moments. We love this afternoon here on Joy 94.9. Especially because it's 26 degrees outside in glorious Melbourne. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a glorious moment. You know, sometimes we have really uh, really poor weather here in Melbourne, but when, when we have great weather, it's we, we love to talk it up, don't we? <laughs> That's because there are days when it's not so great. <laughs> Never mind. True. Now, w- Wi-Fi. Hmm. Wi-Fi is almost getting to the point where it literally is everywhere in terms of being able to access it no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. And um, there are a lot of ISPs that are able to offer this piggybacked on some of their customer equipment. Yes. yes. So there's a very large um, ISP in the States called Comcast, mm. and they have sort of many, many customers. And, of course, they you know install the the router modem wi-fi access point in somebody's home and they also share it to joe blow who's passing in the street who can log on with their comcast account and get access to wi-fi no matter where they are Hmm. which is great and this is a trend amongst a lot of isps here in australia um uh, i think the big telcos here are, are, are looking to do the same thing um most in most cases what i've heard about so far in in australia is um a a, an opt-in process so if you have a a, a Telstra 
um, uh, access point or a Telstra router in your your home, like a big pond broadband, you node, can yep. choose or not choose okay. to to sign up to this deal. And in fact, I think it's almost like if you want to be a customer that can roam around on other people's, you have to share as routers, well. You have to, yeah. So it's like a peer to peer of um, access points or something like that. <laughs> yes. It, it does give flexibility because it means that, yes, they've got infrastructure in these houses. They don't need to put something extra out in the streets. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And it's that's utilising exactly like all the stuff that's already out there. It's yeah. quite, it's and quite a, sound, sounds great in theory, but there's a, uh, a mother and daughter in California who aren't happy about this after they discovered this. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the mother and daughter are actually suing uh, the US uh, provider Comcast as they never actually gave permission for Comcast to do uh, to enable their access point, uh, they've actually said that the hotspot is um, uh, unauthorized intrusion uh, into their private home. In fact, so th- this this uh, almost a virtual thing being a hotspot is well, it's intangible. It's intangible. But you can't really touch it. Well, it doesn't. Yes, it's. I guess it's this might turn into a metaphysical debate here, but <laughs> we're talking radio waves here, right? So I guess they're physical in a sense. Just because you can't see them, then yes, I, true. Apparently, it, um, according to the, the lawsuit as well, it, the Comcast service places a vast burden on electricity bills. Hmm. Um, yeah, okay, maybe. Um, opens them up to attacks by hackers. Yes, Maybe. actually, I think that's that's. There's a bit more legitimacy to that that particular argument myself. Um, it also degrades their bandwidth, which yep, which it, which it probably does because it's obviously drawing from the same bandwidth, and you don't know what strangers are doing sitting outside of your house. This one depends on the implementation by the by the provider, actually, because uh, if you implement it well, you would ensure that whatever bandwidth is required by the primary customer, as in the, the person who's paying priority. for the account, always gets priority to anything that, that comes through on this um, public access point. But, you know, how that works is a whole different story. It's bit, when, but when bandwidth is, is, you know, pretty unlimited anyway, it's like... If you do have plentiful bandwidth out to, the, out to these devices, then it probably is less of an issue. Mm. But if we all had fibre, it wouldn't be. In <laughs> Comcast, <laughs> Comcast is a cable TV provider. Right. So they're, they're providing cable. And I, my understanding for delivering internet over cable is that speed does degrade the more users that you have with it. So it is fairly... Particularly in a grouped fashion. Yeah, I was actually doing some research on this during the week. And I, I remember doing it back when cable first came out here in Australia as well. Um, it's... It's you're you're basically grouped into cable customers, sort of. I can't remember what the term is, but it's um, uh, you know, you you don't just get your own pipe. So with fiber, for example, you get your own. In in theory, you get your own line to the um to the, to the node right. or the exchange. Yes. Whereas um, with cable, it's it's shared. At you're piggy, you're piggybacked point. onto a line. Yes. Yeah. So you could argue in in that case for a Comcast cu- customer over in the US, if they're on cable. They're already sharing their bandwidth with with other customers anyway. So, what's the difference to um, someone just sitting on the other end of an access point or another uh, the Wi-Fi point? Uh, so, yeah, it's 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 actually highlighting the fact that though though that Comcast is externalising the the costs of its uh, national Wi-Fi network back onto customers. But at the, okay, but at the end of the day, they are providing the equipment. Right. The customer does provide the electricity, and I really mm. don't think it's vast. Mm. But for me, the question really is, is, and I'm sure that in the contract that they've signed with Comcast, it says somewhere in the fine print that they're going to do this or they potentially may do this, and they've accepted that. So for me, the issue really is, what is the definition of informed consent? And can somebody like Comcast rely on fine print to say, oh, we've told the customer and they've agreed to it. You know, just just because it's there doesn't necessarily mean that it's been read and, mm. you know, accepted. So interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's yeah, and, and, and now it's um, becoming more and more of a thing here in Australia. Um, what with Telstra now offering... Uh, Wi-Fi, and you can see them if you walk around the streets of um, of the CBD or uh, certain uh, well-built-up areas. They've popped up, yeah. Um, they're putting good use to the uh, the payphones that are sitting there, you know, around 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 Melbourne. So these payphones are now 
in addition to obviously having a payphone, they've got a, what, a Wi-Fi access point? Yeah, they've got a little cube that sits on top. Is this the purple cube? Yes. Uh. And they, they appeared not about a couple of weeks back, um, but they weren't well identified. And we kind of heard rumours about, uh, about Tolstrad um, offering this new service. So um, everyone kind of concluded that these little cubes sitting on top of uh, payphones were going to be the Wi-Fi access points. Now they have actually got the little Wi-Fi symbol on them. So it's like, was, hello, I'm here. Somebody went round one night putting the stickers on. <laughs> So that means if you are a what a big bond customer and you've opted in to do this, you can actually log on to that with your account and use that part of your bandwidth while you're mm. out on the road. Yeah. So um, the of course the thing to be concerned about though is that these are public Wi-Fi access points, right? They are potentially not as secure as as your own home internet connection. My understanding is that they're, they're open access points, so there's no WPA security on them. Mm-hmm. Because having WPA security means you've got to put in a password and then it gets more difficult to put in a password to connect onto it, mm-hmm. which means it's exactly the same as when Google were going past, you know, mapping the streets and they were listening to people's open Wi-Fis, those people that didn't have access points. Anybody theoretically can listen in onto your traffic once you're connected if you're not running a um, HTTPS session. Yes. So it's good practice with any internet um, use these days to use a secure encrypted connection that's um, right the <laughs> we just got a message from dave hi dave glad, and he's basically glad that um you know the old payphones have been put to have come back with a second life and what? been put to further use because <laughs> this is the thing like you there's now an sms function like i i haven't used a payphone for like ever since i got a mobile phone really no, that's not um that. but you can sms from payphones these days so what's a good use for anonymous smsing Oh, really? I don't, I, I don't know. Dave, <laughs> you've got some ideas. Not sure if we should spruik them on air, but Maybe apparently not. they're well used for under underworld uh, activities. I wouldn't even know how much a phone call in a public phone box would be these days. <laughs> so, yeah, so there's a security issue with um, um, that. Some I read somewhere that uh, somebody suggested as an easy way to have a WPA password, even if you know, it's shared amongst everybody's in your SSID name, the name that you give to the access point, you put in brackets like the access point might be called Joy, mm. and then in brackets you say password is Joy. Oh, okay. So mm. be, the benefit of that is is you establish then an encrypted session between your computer and the access point. But it's still publicly available. It's publicly available, but at least that, that part of the conversation is encrypted. Yeah. There's certain... Um I don't know. You, you need to be careful about what's encrypted, or like what you define as being encrypted as well. Like, there's certain vulnerabilities for most um, encryption algorithms these days that you should be wary of. Mm, WPA hasn't been cracked. Uh, okay. WEP, WEP. If anybody's using WEP, yes. please change to WPA. Mm, mm. Because uh, yeah, WEP was done a while ago, and but that was purely because of a bad implementation, right? Rather than cryptography itself. Yeah, 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 yeah. So mm. now. Um, it is 26 minutes past midday here on Joy 94.9. Should we just do one last one, which is um, we'll do related to the topic? Yes. Um, 5G. What's 5G? <laughs> What's that's, 4G? What's, that's a very good question. Um, so apparently 5G is, I guess, the next generation of uh, of mobile service that will be made available across the world. So we've got 4G now, which is a culmination of what L- LTE and and uh, what's the other one that used to be but that's the thing what's remember. the other one there there are two different you know definitions of 4G and frequencies it's all confusing mm. so apparently uh, today 4G accounts for 5% of, uh, of all global connections um, uh, 5G though is is becoming a new thing it's it's often funny how, how uh, technology companies Try to you know label a whole bunch of protocols and systems and 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 uh, models of 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 hardware as a single thing like four G, when in actual fact it doesn't really sort of it could be you know a whole bunch of different. I think it's I think it's a lot easier to market than what HSDPA or something like that. It's just you know from an acronym point of view, and where you do have multiple competing standards that are offered by different carriers and different phone vendors mm. that is just much easier to bundle it as one you know 5g is the next best thing it's b- better and faster than 4g yeah yeah so there's been uh, some uh a global carrier industry association is is um is trying to define the new standard as gsma is that is that what's going on here 
Yeah, I Spins. believe that's the name of the global uh, organisation. Right. Yeah, so I've, I think what's happening is that uh, from a technology perspective, you've got all these manufacturers that came up with the next generation pieces of hardware. Mm. And the industry as a whole is trying to agree on what is the definition of 5G. And they've set some parameters um, regarding speed. So they said anything from between 1 and 10 gigabits mm-hmm. per second, which is pretty fast. Wow. Over, uh, over, over the air. Right. Well, yeah. Okay. And much, much higher density in terms of 100 times more connections to one of their nodes than is, allow, is available today on current technology. Now, this is quite important for this thing called the Internet of Things, isn't it? Where we're going to have many more devices exactly. around us connecting... Uh, wirelessly to services and today it's done through you know like you've got your Fitbits for example that connect via USB dongle that then connects out to um, through your phone you know, through your for your internet yeah. connection or, or whatever um, perhaps these devices these internets of things will actually be uh, connecting directly to the internet and then because they're not always going to be with you if they're attached to your curtains for instance to measure the sunlight coming in so the curtains know when to close (laughs) then that you're not going to be there the whole time true and this is one of the reasons why uh, gsma have also said that in terms of the internet of things we must have a 10-year battery life for internet of things devices before this is going to work wow and this is is part of the standard lofty goals here we're also talking 100 percent perceptive coverage that's perceptible they're saying from a per, from a person's perspective you should always have coverage right now that's going to have to be in metropolitan suburban areas there's no way that you can say that in, in country areas especially in australia yes the entire australia is going to be covered um yeah no it's 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 interesting the, the way that they're moving forward but it's always a bit ambiguous when new technologies come on come about and what will 5g actually be and I guess it is, like you said, a bit of a wish list. Mm. Yes. Time will tell. Indeed. We'll give it time. You're listening to Technogaze. We'll give you a bit more time to take a breather. If you're looking to contact us, you can do so by SMSing us 0427-JOY949. You can email us on air at joy.org.au as uh, Daryl and uh, who is our other lucky Dave. SMS Dave have done. Thank you both for your messages. Um, we'll be back with more in a few moments. This is Technogaze here on Joy 94.9, where we're covering some of the latest in technology, gadgets, and consumer electronics. My name is Mark. With me in the studio is Michael. That is me. What was that urgent rush of voice? I just wanted to turn to presenter mode, I guess. (laughs) Would I be good on sale of the century? Is that even a show anymore? I don't think it is. What do I win? What do I win? What's behind the curtain? (laughs) (laughs) There are no curtains up here in the Joy studios. We're exposed. We're very exposed. There's some amazing, there's some excellent training going on in the other studio right now. What with the new technology that's going on here at Joy. That's right. The um, introduction of computers into all of the studios. Well, we've, <laughs> let's be clear. We have had computers here for a while now. Well, computers that do certain jobs. <laughs> in particular, the playout system. So, we've had the yes, amazing... It's all it's all in in all three studios now, so um, we're very happy about that, and that that uh, is is a good thing. It's nice to have consistency mm-hmm. across the studios, mm-hmm. and um, yes, indeed. Now, Google, Google, Google is following on the steps of Facebook and OkCupid. Have we got a, na- a name for Google fan people? Aren't they Fugles? Fugles? I think yeah, Fugles. Yeah, we'll, we'll got, go with Fugles. We'll go with Fugles. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, G- Google, Google, yeah, you know, this is a growing uh, trend in the recognition of the transgender community. Yes, or the trans X community, perhaps, I think is is part of the naming of it. It's not necessarily about transgender so much, but in this particular case, it is actually about how you identify your, your gender on uh, on Google. And OkCupid have recently done this, as, as have Facebook after a bit of an uproar. Um, on the Facebook side of things, Google on their Google Plus service are now offering um, that uh, uh, more options than just male and female um, for their gender uh, definition. You can yes, that's right. You can um, select other and then define mm. the, with how you want to present yourself with a free text box. So you can say I am X. That's right. 
And as well as that, now this is this is the interesting thing. The article that I read said that you can also um, specify the pronoun that you want Google to use when referring to you, because Google has circles, and it's like in his circles or their or her circles or their circles. Yes, which is. Fantastic! It's always an assumption, though, isn't it, that uh, the the pronouns used in a, uh, that that is male or female is he or she, right? So, when uh, you limit the choice to two, then yes, it's going to be like that. And and often, the, you know, social networking is all about explaining what people have done or will do or or whatever. So there's always use of pronouns. You know, uh, the example being writer post on his her wall when they you know when they just become friends. For example, um, so it's good to good to be able to define your own. That's I, right. Now, <laughs> you that'd be quite funny with it too, couldn't you? <laughs> you could. I tried it because they're progressively rolling this out, and it was went into my Google Plus page, and I was able to change, you know, select other for um, gender and type into the box what I want. Mm-hmm. When it came down to the pronoun, it was other, but no box opened up. So I'm not sure whether it's part of the rollout or oh. there's an issue. Perhaps say the the other is just the use of the word they and the the non gender specific. I thought that was going to be customizable as well. Mm. Whatever it is, it's heading in the right direction, and I think there's going to be more and more recognition that you know life isn't as binary as what we've all assumed it has been in the past. Mm. Indeed, yes, yeah, it's good. I, I think in general, like the the um, trans community, uh, you know, coming of. Um, you know, it's it's becoming more uh, apparent that we need to address these issues. So uh, it's good that big tech companies, in particular, because you know they have become such a big part of our lives today, um, are uh, enabling this type of uh, definition uh, uh, of of something that is quite personal to a lot of people and being representative of their user base. Mm. Yes. Yay for technology. <laughs> Where's the applause button? <laughs> oh, somewhere. On a different screen. Yes, indeed. Uh, so they're, they're rolling it out progressively uh, on um, the Google profile basic information, Google Plus profile basic information page. Yes. Mm, very good. Now, what else are Google doing? <laughs> Google? Actually, they're buying companies. I must say, this next story, Google did not do this themselves. They've um, recently bought a company called Lift Labs. And Lift Labs have come up with a spoon for use by people who have got Parkinson's. So a Parkinson's sufferer shakes a lot. Yes. And obviously, it would be very hard if you're trying to feed yourself with a shaking hand to hold a spoon steady. Yeah. So what Lift Labs did, and now we probably should call them Google, is they've invented a spoon that's basically got like little motors in it that compensate for your shake, shaking hand. Right. To It's like a steady cam for your spoon. It keeps the spoon steady. Wow. Which means that sufferers of you know any sort of disease where their hand shakes means that they can continue to longer to feed themselves. It's often the case with, um, you know, particularly um, degenerative type diseases like Parkinson's, you know, you know over time it... it becomes worse that self-sufficiency is a really important factor for patients right they they tend to if they can be more self-sufficient in their lives it's 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 able to you know prolong the 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 um it prolongs their independence and independence is something that whether it's um Old, older people as they age or whether it is people who are suffering, you know, like you said, degenerative disease, mm. independence is something that's like the, almost the final insult. You know, it's bad enough I've got this, but I lose this independence. Yeah. And, and technology is playing a huge uh, part in making a whole group of people being able to look after themselves for longer and become more independent for longer. Mm. And it's quite a simple thing too, isn't it? The ability to, to eat. Uh, and so It's a basic thing, like, yes. You this, can, is, this is an amazing feat. Yeah. Again, yay technology. <laughs> now, I think Google's um, reason behind purchasing this is probably a little bit personal because Sergey Brin's mother, in fact, is a Parkinson's sufferer. Oh, okay. And in a lot of the work that Google X Labs are doing mm. they are involved around the health area. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a sign that the Google founders are uh, getting older and they're wanting well, to extend or improve their... Uh, I believe with life. Parkinson's in particular, there's a genetic... Uh, disposition towards it so um a certain uh mutation in the genes is is something that that 
means you're more likely to to get it at an, at an older age. So, uh, Sergey Brin's mother having it, it there's potentially oh that affects more. His right. But it, you know, hey, if if it affects if that's the personal story that gives rise to the research that enables this to become a you know um, more widely available technology, then fantastic. Why not? Yeah. I agree. I think, you know, we are all humans in the end. Um, it's got to be a good thing. I need the song. <laughs> Which song is that? We're all human. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> the tune popped into my head. I won't sing it. Oh, I was hoping for it. I don't actually know the song you're talking about. <laughs> okay. I'm definitely not going to sing it. Oh, yes. Now, Google are also making a change to uh, plugins in their Chrome browser. Yes. They're getting so. rid of them. <laughs> Google Chrome, of course, is the uh, web browser that uh, Google um, uh, have have been creating for quite some time now, and they have decided that um, you know back in back in the day, so Netscape uh, uh, back in the nineties actually pioneered the the idea of plugins for browsers. So these are things that you can just install as add-ons or extra bits that change the browser behavior in, in a certain way that um, enab- enables you to customize it for your own personal use. So third parties can write software that integrate with the browser. Yes. And and that became a de facto standard amongst the different browser vendors so that if you're a company that made an add-on for, Net, for uh, Mozilla mm. then or Netscape, you could um, then put it into IE or somewhere else. Yeah. Home. Yep. Yep. Now, um, actually, as a web developer, I've found that the need for plugins has always been there because often the ability to uh, analyze what's going on in a web web page when you're trying to figure out what's going wrong um, is quite limited with the, quote, out-of-the-box, unquote, tools. tools. Uh, it's gotten better recently, but back in the day, you know, back in, you know, Internet Explorer 6 days, for example... Um, the ability to figure out what the hell was going on on your your page that you've just very nicely put together is 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 not easy. So the fact that plugins existed uh, enabled a, a better better ability for us to fix things. Uh, the same goes for today. Like um, there's uh, the the one that comes to mind is is uh, a social media. I can't remember what it's called, but it's a social media plugin that uh, clears out all the crap that you don't want to see on uh, on say Facebook. For example, or removes the ads and things like that. Uh, yeah, possibly that, and possibly just makes it a, a much more pleasant uh, site to use. Mm. Now, Google removing support for this because it is an old technology. Architecturally, it is old and has some security issues, mm-hmm. and uh, supporting uh, more modern technologies. Hmm. What such as? <laughs> 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 you want me to name them? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I've, I've got to move my eyes into the right part of the page to do that. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, uh, starting in January, Chrome will start to block the plugins by default, um, with the exception of a small few. I wonder what those small few will, will, uh, will be. I think that the ones that they're keeping initially are there's a lot of people still using Microsoft Silverlight, which is a, oh, yeah. um, a Netscape plugin format. That, that needs to die. The, the, things <laughs> are, the other two plugins that are still quite in use. <laughs> I like a Google Talk and Google Earth. <laughs> well, if it's got a, if got if it's got the name Google in front of it, then it's going to be allowed. Okay, fair enough. And Facebook Video Chat currently uses it, but I think each of these do have a um, a different standard, a, a more modern standard to uh, go into, and um, it's a way of forcing user base to move off older technology. Indeed. Speaking of uh, moving off older technology, we're moving on here on Technogaze. That was a really bad segue. You're Mark and Michael here with you in the studio. We'll be back with more in a few moments. Technogaze. This is Technogaze on Joy 94.9. Mark and Michael with you in the studio here. We're, um, we're coming towards the end of the show, but it is uh, 16 minutes to one here on Joy. We run out of time always. Mm-hmm. But we do have a bit more to cover. We do indeed. The... the, the What's this? Rest in peace password. <laughs> so the concept of a password, of course, is the thing that you type in when you uh, want access to a system. And there, are, there's talk about the major IT giants, uh, the likes of Google, Microsoft, Apple, and so forth. They're agree. They've agreed to share patents. Not Apple. Not Apple. Not Apple. Oh, Apple, Apple. Apple are not coming to the party with this one. <laughs> 
Yes. Um, so, unsurprising there, I guess. But uh, so they've, they've, the others have agreed to share patents. Of course, one of the problems in, in the IT industry in general is, is the fact that patents exist uh, on software concepts, on, on the concepts that are implemented in software. So, all these companies have different uh, patents, which are essentially rule, uh, say that they are the only ones who can implement these things in a certain way in a certain way and pay me Um, money if you want to use it and this come to you know uh, of course the famous one is the the one click buy function of what was it um amazon i think it was i think it was amazon so the ability to just click once and you immediately have that uh, item sent to you without any intervention whatsoever as as long as obviously they've got your your details that was a a patent that was uh, owned by amazon uh, and therefore other sites weren't allowed to use the same Without coughing over some money for the use of their patent. Mm. And it's rife. It is across the board. Like all major companies have patents of one sort or another. And it's like an asset base. You can't have, especially a software company these days, without a treasure trove of patents to use as a bargaining chip to offer somebody else who takes you to court over, you know, violating their patents. We do a swap. One of the, and of course, one of the uh, blockers for two-factor authentication, which is a, a concept we've talked about here on, here on Joy uh, on Technogaze uh, over the past few months. Two-factor authentication is is basically saying you have two things that are an, uh, that enable you access to a to a system. Say you want to log on to Google, you need um, to know potentially your password, but also you need to have in possession something that uh, enables you to also access that. That identifies you. So the example for for Google, and I've implemented this myself, is I have to have a phone that is connected to a particular number, as in my mobile number, which I've identified in the system. So I've given them my mobile number. That's right, yes. In in order for me to log on to a new computer that I've never logged on to Google with before, I need to A, know my password, and B, Mm -hmm. have the number, have the, the phone in my hand so that they can text me another code that you, Which, put, you put onto the screen. Yeah. So that's an idea of two-factor auth. And there's other concepts of it. Um, often for, for corporate systems, uh, you'll get a little dongle, a little sort of key ring type thing, which has a, a number that rotates. And that's, again, something that you possess. And then you put a PIN number against that. So it's something I know, something that I have. This really is me. And a password as well. Suddenly yep. that's, that's almost got access. three-factor authentication. But, yeah. but there are lots of different ways of implementing it. Indeed. But there's and no standard. No standard. So and far. one of the blockers for that was, of course, the patents that were held by all the IT giants. And get everyone to the table to talk about it and to agree on the standards. <laughs> so Microsoft, Google, ARM, uh, PayPal and Lenovo have all gotten together to form the FIDO Alliance. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's such a cute name. Uh, they've published specs for common standards for manufacturers to build two-factor auth uh, and biometric login systems that will uh, work across a variety of devices. Um, the final drafts of um, of these uh, specs will uh, cover two separate login systems, um, the universal authentication framework and the universal second factor. And of course, there's some amazing... TLAs for that one. <laughs> Three letter acronyms. Yes. UAF and UT, U2F. I wonder whether the band's going to sue. <laughs> oh. Yes, they didn't take into account the, uh, the trademarks that uh, may be held by certain people. Um, patent licensing will be shared amongst uh, the members, so no expensive royalty payments will be required. So now we're probably going to see some standard um, ways in terms of implementing biometrics, for instance, on laptops and desktops and mobile phones that is going to be available to a whole host of manufacturers, except for Apple. Indeed. Yes. So will they come to the party? Oh, doubtful. They always do want to do things their own way. They always have their own parties. Including, uh, they also have been uh, embroiled here in Australia in a uh, federal court ruling against their appeal. So they, uh, Apple, have of course tried to uh, trademark the words App Store. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) So we're talking about the two words, App Store. Um, Back in March last year, the registrar for uh, trademarks... Uh, here in Australia, rejected Apple's claim on the phrase App Store. Um, Apple appealed that ruling, 
However, Justice David Yates of the Federal Court um, said that Apple has not established that because of the extent of to which it has used the trademark before the filing date, it does distinguish uh, the designated services as being Apple services. So that's legal speak for... <laughs> you ain't getting it? Uh, well, A, you're not getting it, and B... Uh, it's it's a generically used term, right? So um, Google use it for their offerings for mobile um, but, services. But they but they've also called their store now the Play Store. Uh, but I think that's pre- perhaps to get around other uh, jurisdictions and their trademarks. Because the thing about trademarks is that they exist <laughs> national in a global sense. They exist just on a on a jurisdictional basis. So because Apple do have trademark the App Store in certain markets mm. in the US as well. Yes. Now, unsurprisingly, uh, Microsoft were actually one of the entities that objected to the trademark being awarded to Apple. So, good on app, uh, Microsoft because they are the underdogs in the mobile, particularly the app world. Definitely the uh, oh, not as underdog as BlackBerry, let's say. <laughs> Black who? <laughs> uh, as a result of the appeal being rejected, Apple was told that they actually had to pay the registrar's court costs, which uh, means that. There's uh, estimates being bantered around that the total cost of that appeal to uh, to Apple um, have come to between a hundred and two hundred thousand dollars. I should have done law instead of IT at uni, shouldn't I? <laughs> That's probably just some intern filing papers. I suspect it's one expensive form. Mm-hmm. Um, Apple do, however, hold an Australian trademark for the term App Store which is all one word. So if ever you see the word App Store being used in just one single word fashion, uh, Apple were legitimately able to hold the rights to that term. Uh, where a space makes a big difference. <laughs> yes. Bless. <laughs> Yay for Apple. Now in more Apple news, yeah, um, Steve, Jobs, Steve has Jobs has come back to life, so to speak. He has. Now, I, I'm sure I, I had this... Um, a little bit higher than where you were. Oh, right. I skipped past it, did I? Wait, I'm confused <laughs> This now. is one of the problems of using um, electronic media to, you know, store our show notes on rather than old-fashioned pieces of paper <laughs> like I used to do. I'm lost. I'm completely <laughs> lost. You'll have, to, you'll have to tell us about this one. So, Well, there's been a long... Uh, you know, the antitrust, which is the uh, competition... Um, trial that's been happening with Apple for the last 10 years, mm-hmm. are pulling out evidence of examples of, of how they were basically stifling competition. Ah, yes. And um, bits of their evidence is Steve Jobs. Jobs. Yeah, so he made a deposition back in uh, 2011, just before he passed away um, uh, of pancreatic cancer, um, which has been used as evidence in this particular case. Uh, both the transcript and the video itself has been used, has been submitted as evidence. And this is obviously to support Apple's case. Um, I assume he, when you made it, I'm so, not or was quite it, sure. or was it basically under uh, questioning under testimony, perhaps, under whatever it's called? Perhaps the uh, the video needs to be released in order to, for us to find out. <laughs> I assume that anything that uh, Steve Jobs would have said during the course of a dip- deposition, which is a pretty mm. important, okay, part so deposition is questioning, yeah, would would pretend, would be used in mm. support of Apple's case. But uh, so the the iTunes uh, antitrust trial has been continuing on press heavyweights bloomberg cnn associated press they've all requested that the oakland california court publicly releases uh the video recording of the deposition and uh in fact a 27 minute excerpt of the deposition was was used in the in the evidence so the press are actually arguing that the video should be released based on the first amendment grounds that uh, exist across in in the US do you know why they're not releasing it well first amendment is all about free speech right yes so how does this directly equate to free speech is it perhaps that there's a general public interest in this particular speech being made free i don't know or that it's wrong to stifle what someone said but uh, i don't know now apple of course have um, argued against the release of the video on the grounds that there is no first amendment right for any member of the press or the public to obtain a recording of live witness testimony it's also perhaps good taste like he has passed away I, I think there's that side of it, but as a general principle in law, hmm. you know, many people make video depositions. Yes. 
are that should they be publicly accessible? Just because it's Steve Jobs, who's a well-known person, you know, if it's Joe Blow from the street doing it, mm. do you then say, oh, let's publish everything it said? So Now, this iTunes antitrust case is about uh, the um, the alleged behaviour of Apple where they actually um, apparently were deleting or not giving, not keeping the music of rival stores, music stores, um, on, the on, device. the, on the devices of people who, who bought the, bought Apple devices. So um, it's been ongoing for the past 10 years. It's actually at a point now where it's at risk of falling apart because the plaintiffs that have been nominated for the case didn't actually own iPod devices during the time in which this alleged behaviour occurred. <clears throat> so it seems like they're weaving their way out of this one, I suspect. Yeah, it's a very the keen down to you know ownership and which I guess is fair enough if you bring the case. Hmm. Now let's weave ourselves out of this particular show here on Techno Gaze. It's coming up to four minutes to one on Joy ninety four point nine. We'll wrap up the show in a few moments. Techno Gaze, Australia's most amazing gay and lesbian radio station, Joy ninety four point nine. We are pretty amazing here on Joy 94.9, aren't we? Even if we do say, say so ourselves, we are. <laughs> we are the most amazing gay and lesbian radio station because we are the only gay and lesbian radio station. In Australia. Mm. Where That's pretty amazing in itself, actually. Um, big thank you to both Daryl and um, Dave. Dave for SMSing in. Sorry, we didn't uh, read out your message earlier, Daryl. We didn't mean to neglect. It just It's just the timing of it all. That's the right. context Sometimes I'm sorry. Move on. I do apologise. Um, of course, it's coming up to the end of the show, uh, and straight after our show, of course, Pete Dillon will be on for Cravings, talking food. Mm. Do we have a quick last story? Yes, of course we do. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Tim Berners-Lee, the father of the World Wide Web, mm-hmm. who said that politici- politicians should learn to code because that way they'll be able to make better decisions about laws affecting technology. Yes. Well... Barack Obama has heeded his advice mm. and is now dubbed the Coder in Chief. Oh, <laughs> Americans do like these titles. <laughs> <laughs> President Obama attended a uh, Hour of Code event, which is designed to show you know what can be achieved with one hour's tutorial of programming. And um, his achievement was a one-line Java program that said "Move forward 100 to move this little." graphics object on the screen. So well done, President Obama. Pre-canned little graphics object that all he had to do was type in the words. Do not belittle the efforts of people who are trying to learn something new. Well, it was Java, so I'm surprised it even worked in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> I am biased. This is That's all we have time for in today's show. If you would like to peruse previous episodes or perhaps uh, just check out what we've done in the past, you can do so by going on to joy.org.au slash technogaze. Uh, as I mentioned before, we've got a new Joy News Bulletin coming up next, but uh, straight after that, Pete Dillon with Cravings. Thank you very much, Michael, for joining us today. Thank you. Uh, Jono, get well soon. Hopefully you can join us for the next week's show. That'd be great. My name's Mark. Catch you next week. Have a good weekend. Techno Gaze on Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.